thank you for your presence today. Soul searching can be an unenviable task, particularly if we are unwilling to stand before God and see ourselves as He sees us. Are we truly living for Christ? Are we bearing witness of true salvation? Or are we just going through the motions without fruit that bears true conversion? Are we dealing with our spiritual deficiencies? Are we confessing and repenting of our sins and depending on God to strengthen us? Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander imparts wisdom to us today. Bad company corrupts, corrupts good character. And so, parents, some of you, you, you're really good at telling your children, watch the company you keep, watch the company you keep. And you ought to be telling them that because company can mess them up. But you need to be watching the company you keep. Company you keep can make you a better mother, worse mother, better father, worse father. And on and on it goes. Don't. Here's a big thought I want you to capture. I want you to get now. So, oh, God, has this, this message is loaded with spiritual truth. Don't allow yourself to have an open door to let just anyone come into your life. Y'all need to write that down and bracket it. Don't allow yourself to have a what kind of door? Open door to let just anyone come into your life, prance into your life. Uh, permit the Lord to sift or separate those persons who you are not to be in close association with. Allow the Lord. Huh? Permit the Lord to sift or separate those persons who you are in close association with. Allow him to screen that, to sift that to the glory of God. It's the difference between success and failure. Don't allow yourself to have an open door to let just anyone into your life. Permit the Lord to sift or separate those persons who are not to be in close association with it's the difference between success and failure. And people, you let some people into your life, they will shipwreck your life. Then all of a sudden, they're out of your life, you can't find them, and you're left with this unholy mess. And the truth be told, you shouldn't have had a relationship with them in the first place. I'm going to say something a little bit deeper here. No, I'm not going to, I hope I don't scare you. This is not written. There are some Christians you need to turn loose. If they're gossipy and they're just habitual complainers and they're carnal and materialistic and they're bringing the worst out of you, you know, uh, uh, you need to begin to do a little paradigm shift. I'm not saying don't speak to them and walk all the way up the side and say, I ain't talking to you no more. I'm not saying that. You say, well, we say, I'm not saying that in it. Everything needs to be done in the spirit with balance. Okay. But there can be a gradual lessening uh, of involvement in that relationship without being offensive while you're doing it. And God will show you how to do it. How to do it. Some relations you need to back off because truth be told, some Christians even bring the worst out of you. And some folk that call themselves Christians are not Christians anyhow. That's a whole nother matter of concern. Okay, I think y'all got the point on that. And all I'm saying in conclusion on that point, bad company will mess you up if you don't allow the Lord to screen or separate uh, those who you're not to be in close relationship with.
Number six. Does the world love you or hate you? Does the world love you or hate you? Isn't that a good question? A simple question, but a profound question. Does the world love you or hate you? The Gospel of John, chapter 15, verses 18 to 19, it says, If the world hates you, you know that it hateth me before it hateth you. In other words, that's not new. Jesus said the world hated me before it started hating you. Verse 19, if you were of the world, in other words, doing what they do, saying what they say, <laughs> living like they live, the world would love its own. The world just, and you can see who the world loves. Just watch who the world just lift up, who they're crazy about, make icons over. I don't want to call any names, but you, but you have enough spiritual sense, I hope, to be able to detect those folk uh, that are of this world. So if, verse 19, if you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world. Huh? Therefore, the world hates you. Why? Because you're not patterning your life according to this world system. You're not talking like the world. Your behavior is different. You're not loose and lewd and sensual. People can look at you and it doesn't take five years for them to identify you as a Christian. That's right. Uh, your evidence is so overwhelming that you are a Christian. The Gospel of John chapter 17 verse 14 says, I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Just as I am not of the world. If you're following Christ, you're not of the world. You are of Christ. We are in the world. Don't don't kid yourself. We are in this world, but we are not of the world. That's right. We are light in the world. I want to say something big on that, on this statement. It will cost you dearly to be a true follower of Jesus Christ. It will cost you dearly to be a true follower of Jesus Christ. If you're not suffering persecution for your faith in Christ, it is because you fail to speak the truth about Jesus. That's right. If you are not suffering persecution for your faith in Jesus Christ, it is because you fail to speak the truth about Jesus or your lifestyle with non-believers is so similar and politically correct until there is no reason for the world nor Satan to harass or persecute you. Now I repeat that over again. That's such a big one. It will cost you what? Dearly to be a true follower of Jesus Christ. If you're not suffering persecution for your faith in Christ, It is because you fail to speak the truth about Jesus. Or it could be that your lifestyle with the unsaved, the non-believers, is so much like them, so similar to theirs. And And you're so politically correct so as not to offend until there is no reason for the world nor Satan to harass you or persecute you. I know everybody don't like me, 
I am not, you know, it's, there's no guessing about me. Either, either people like me or they don't. No, it, there's no in between when my name comes up. <laughs> but they call Jesus names too, so I'm in good company. Matter of fact, if you're walking with the Lord, they ought to be calling you some names. That's right. They ought to be calling you Holy Roly or Sanctified. Huh? Self right. I think they're calling you something. Narrow minded. You know, narrow. I tell them thank you. That, that's a sign that I'm born again. Sign that I'm of Christ. Matter of fact, I, when you say narrow minded, that, 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 that's a good thing. Your, your, your mind is not to be broad. Narrow is the way into the kingdom of God. Broadway leads right to hell. There's a scripture, if you, you popular, everybody like you and loving you. Every time you come up, your name come up in lights and everybody's trying to find out how to fit you in, in the world. I got a scripture for you. Luke 6, 26a. Oh, the PowerPoint is up. I know y'all glad. Woe to you when all men speak well of you. Now that's a big one. Woe! to you when all men, all people speak well of you. That means <laughs> you too much like them. You too much like them. They don't see a Bible around you. They don't see spirit-filled biblical talk. They don't see behavior that's in accord to the word of God. They don't hear you saying, I, I why you do that? Because I'm a Christian. They only, you don't even identify yourself as a Christian around them because you want them to like you. You know, so when you stand for Christ, you may get demoted. Even worse, you may get fired. Huh? But that's all right. God, God knows how to transfer you and give you something better than what you had. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. They're pastors who are not in churches because the church couldn't take the word of God. Couldn't take the word of God and they fought the word. And so it goes on and on and on. I'd rather, you know, if this church uh, turned against the word, didn't want the word, got tired of the way I'm preaching, I leave. That's right. I leave. I wouldn't stay here. I mean, you just fight, 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 fight. I don't want to be where y'all don't want me. And that's a big thought. Me and my family will go somewhere and we'll start all over. That's right. Look how quiet y'all getting. That's right. That's right. I tell every pastor, you ought to live and have you a living apart from preaching. Every preacher ought to have a skill because you one vote from being out. You know what I'm saying. You just... <laughs> I'm a teacher. I know how to go back in the classroom. I'm still degreed. I'm still degreed. I still got my certification. And I know how to go grab it when I need it. That's right. That's right. That's right. I, I, I'm not going to be uh, somebody's little, little puppet on the string. That's right. You, you know, if you don't feed me a steak because you want to say some things to buy me. I'm not for sale. Not for sale. I eat your steak and still tell you the truth. <laughs> okay. So, so, so don't play games with me. 
Oh God, help me. <laughs> I don't sell you nothing. I don't sell you Mary Kay. I don't sell shoes. I don't sell Avons and beads and strings. I don't sell vitamins. I don't sell, I don't sell anything. So when that product doesn't work, you're not going to sue me because of that kind of stuff. Mad at me and leave a Pastor Draper product didn't work. I'm not trying to make a profit off of you. Some of y'all fall out with each other because you're cutting deals, quiet deals in the church with your business. Then y'all fall out because stuff ain't right. Somebody's not getting paid. Then you end up in the reconciliation council. <laughs> Stop cutting deals. Then fall out and then you're not in church anymore. You're passing out a, a business cards and you don't pass out the gospel tracks. Oh, God help me. Oh, this is not written. God just taking me this way. You come here on business for Jesus. That's right. You're not coming here to enhance your business, stimulate your business. We're here about the gospel. About the gospel. Yep. So, so now you take that for what it's worth. It's the truth. Number seven. Are there, are there a couple of people in your life who have your best interest at heart? Are there a couple of people in your life who have your best interest at heart? Can they keep confidentiality? Hold you accountable. Allow you to be transparent. Ask you the tough questions. Or is there an absence of accountability in your life? That's a big one. Are there a couple of people? I'm not saying 30 folk. One or two, maybe three. Not a whole lot. Of people in your life who have your best interests at heart. They know how to keep their mouth shut and can keep confidentiality. And when they get when you when they, and when they get upset at you, they don't spill your business to be vindictive. They start singing all over the place. They know how to hold you accountable, uh, allow you to be transparent, and you're allowing them to be transparent as well. You have someone in your life that that can ask you the tough questions or is there an absence of accountability in your life? Who, who are you accountable to? Who, you, who, who can tell you the truth about yourself and you not get upset? Ecclesiastes chapter four, verse 12 says the one may be overpowered by another. Two can withstand him and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. In other words, accountability helps us to resist being overcome by the schemes, strategies, and deceptions uh, from the enemy. Uh, accountability helps us to resist being overcome by the schemes, strategies, and deception from the enemy. It also helps us to live a balanced Christian life and to live within the boundaries God established within his word. People see you going beyond what scripture says, your behavior going beyond what scripture says. Uh, They can keep you in check and push you back within God's perimeters. 
that that keeps you healthy. It keeps you spiritually whole. Uh, it keeps you from being loose and wild. Huh? Uh, that, that's right. And uh, you said, well, uh, if you don't have anybody, it's because you don't want anybody. That's right. You don't want it. Or people get so intimidated because of you or your reaction as to what you will do if they, if they tell you the truth about yourself. That they, just, they, just hope, they just stuff it and let it go on to, your, to the detriment of yourself spiritually. Husbands and wives, uh, you ought to be accountable. Your accountability ought to start with one another. So also, somebody ought to look, look, someone shouldn't have to look way over left field to find accountability. Uh, you, unless your spouse is very unspiritual or lost or uh, whatever. Um, or there might be another brother or sister who's mature in the Lord. Who knows how to keep their mouth closed. Someone who's transparent and can love you through your issues. You got to love you through your issues and not hold that against you and keep bringing it up and washing your face with it as if they have no sins themselves. Accountability is healthy for children, husbands and wives, Christians. All of us need to be accountable to one another. Number eight, is your prayer life increasing or decreasing? Is your prayer life what? Increasing are decreasing. Psalms 55, uh, 17 says evening and morning and at noon, I will pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice evening and morning and at noon. I will pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. First Thessalonians five seventeen says pray without ceasing living in a spirit of prayer. I got something to say on this. Personal and corporate prayer is critical for a dynamic, spirit-filled church and personal life. If you want to have a dynamic, spiritual, spiritually, uh, spirit-filled church, and if you want to have a dynamic, spirit-filled life, it is critical that you incorporate prayer uh, into your life. Without prayer, we are weak. Without prayer, we are misdirected. Without prayer, we are confused. People who aren't praying are easily confused. You're going the wrong direction. You're spiritually weak. You're vulnerable to the, the attacks of Satan. If you're not praying, you're going to be easily deceived. Deceived and spiritually impotent. You know, just weak. No strength spiritually. When prayer is woven into the fabric of our lives, we are strengthened, we are wise, and have intimacy with the Savior. When prayer is woven into the fab- fabric of our lives, we are strengthened, we become wise, and have intimacy with the Savior. I pose another question. What happens when God's people fail to pray? There are some things that happen when God's people fail to pray. What happens when God's people, when we fail to pray? Number one, when we fail to pray and be under the influence of the Holy Spirit, we'll not be able to comprehend and grasp the word of God. That's a big one. If you're not praying, then the Holy Spirit will not be able to to unlock the scriptures so that you can 
grasp it in a way that's edifying to yourself and glorifying to God. So when we fail to pray and be under the influence of the Holy Spirit, we will not be able to comprehend or grasp the word of God. What are you saying? Prayer is critical. It is absolutely critical to believers in that it opens our minds. Prayer opens your minds. If you're not praying, your mind will be closed to spiritual truth. That's right. I don't understand it. I can't see it. Well, you can't see it because you're not praying. Before you read the scripture, you need to pray. I practice praying before I read the scripture so that I can be able to glean what the Holy Spirit wants to reveal. You don't read the Bible like you read a comic book or some magazine or some novel. Prayer is critical to believers in that it opens our minds to the to the deeper things of God as we meditate and study the word of God. Prayer will take you into a deeper level of the word of God. Through prayer, we receive spiritual insight. There are passages that you've been reading for years, but when you start praying, all of a sudden you see that passage in a brand new light and you God begin to surface some things out of that text that you've never seen out of John three sixteen, That's the danger of familiarity. You, you can become so familiar until truth no longer speaks to you because you think you know it. Prayer is critical to believers in that it opens our minds, minds to the deeper things of God as we meditate and study the word of God. Through prayer, we receive spiritual insight. Through prayer, we receive, we receive spiritual understanding. Through prayer, we receive spiritual enlightenment. Uh, enlightenment, God opens your mind. Uh, through prayer, we receive spiritual illumination, which gives us the ability to grasp. Say grasp. And comprehend. Say comprehend. You want to be able to grasp and comprehend the word of God. This will result in an increase of knowledge and spiritual growth as well. When you, when the Holy Spirit opens your mind, unlocks spiritual truth, uh, illuminates your mind, then you'll be able to comprehend the word of God. This will result in an increase of knowledge and spiritual truth. A couple of wonderful passages. I want you to turn there, if you will. Luke chapter 24, verses 45 and 46. Luke, Luke chapter 24, verses 44 and 45. Luke chapter 24. Verses 44 and 45. When you finally say amen. Then he said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which was written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And look, look at this. Look at verse 45. And he opened their understanding. See there. He opened their what? Understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. The Holy Ghost has to open your understanding so that you'll be able to grasp what the word of God wants to teach you. In Acts chapter 16 verses 13 and 14 is another powerful scripture if you can get there fast enough. Acts 16, 13 through 14. This is critical for spiritual growth. Acts chapter 16, verses 13 through 14. It says, and on the Sabbath day, we went outside outside the gate to a riverside 
where we were supposing that there would be a place of prayer. And we sat down and began speaking to the women who had assembled. A woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple fabrics. Look at here now, a worshiper of God. What was she doing? She was listening. That's what's so hard. That's why some of you can't, can't grasp because you don't listen. You have to be still. You have to cut off all those gadgets and all the technology. You can't have a lot of folk around you and grasp. You got to be yourself still and then say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. A, a true worshiper sits before God and listen. And look at the scripture. And the Lord opened her heart to respond to the things spoken by Paul. Isn't that beautiful? The Lord opened her heart. Let me tell you something. If the Lord don't open your heart, I can preach myself until I get blue in the face. You'll not gain understanding and you'll not be able to apprehend and comprehend scriptures as God desires. As confessed believers in the only true and living God, we miss out on countless blessings due to our lack of faithfulness, obedience, and service. The Bible tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Everything we need is at our disposal. When will we trust God enough to believe and depend on His Word? If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.